Welcome, reanimated fans. We're a week into the new year, and I'm H.A. Conrad, here with my intrepid yet sleepy co-host, Stuart. Hello, Stuart. Five more minutes. I'm the same. I'm feeling the same. Just like, I don't know, that time of year. Um, But, you know, we have been getting some fabulous sunsets here, so that's something. Um, but today we're going to be talking about the last couple of episodes of uh, The Walking Dead World Beyond. Before we, go- before we get into that, we have a couple of little news items uh, to, to chat about. Um, the one it- we had talked a little bit about the All of Us Are Dead and there's a new trailer out. Um, and again, I'm pretty excited to see this thing. What about you, Stuart? Man, this trailer has me pumped especially yeah. i will say with special mention to any riot police scenes it looks like they have not spared the budget when it comes to putting a lot of dudes in riot gear on on camera with a bunch of zombie extras wow a lot a lot a lot yeah. and it reminds I mean, me of that first season of fear of the walking dead where they really did skimp on that budget and it was like four cops first yeah. <laughs> versus five zombies well it actually made me think of uh you know the train to busan station yeah. scene yeah. and yeah. that was it, not quite the same feel but that idea where it's like you you clearly can see that they've dedicated a ton of resources my only pause on this is like i know they're trying to get people pumped and so obviously this is probably one of their biggest set pieces but that's fine with me i'm like all right i'm, I'm on i'm on board with this I, um, I see that as being a big one there was another shot in this trailer of like um just a, a cg mob of zombies from a, a top-down shot that looks really interesting too like around the school and then it looked like yeah they're gonna have some cool like um gunplay with with the military or police uh and it just it feels like it's gonna be a like a real epic sort of film as opposed to something that's like small and just based inside the school i'm sure it'll be parts of both but yeah very excited about it um so so definitely getting even more excited for this um What's the date on that? It's on Netflix, January 28th, I think. Yeah, it's like at the very end of January. So we will be doing we will be doing a review of that for sure. Um, And then in, you know, in other news, in other parts of the world, uh, apparently in, uh, you know, the UK, uh, they are turning a Camelot themed uh, or a Camelot themed former park into a zombie horror show or something like that. it's basically kind of like a themed um, cinema type thing, um, but they're going to have people that are, you know, kind of walking around, I guess. I think it's I, a I two-parter. Know. Yeah. Like you go in with your buddies and you watch a zombie movie, like as a drive-in maybe. And then afterwards there's a um, a trail or maybe a drive around. Yeah. It's unclear <laughs> whether it's sort of like vignettes of it or if people are actually like walking through a, almost like a haunted house type thing, but out in the open. I don't know. But regardless, I kind of think that, hey, if you're going to have an abandoned property, this seems like a good use to put it to. I kind of like the drive-in horror cinema part of it a lot. I think that's very cool. I also find their timing of February and March to be very curious. <laughs> maybe this well, is their their proof of concept and then they'll trot it back out in October. But well, maybe, but also if it's in a car, like if that's if they're not sort of um all out in the open, maybe that makes sense. But also if it is, you know, maybe it's a COVID safe kind of thing. Like so if it's just in the car and you're kind of driving around, then you're able to do that safely. So that might make sense. And yeah. 
Now, the map in this article makes it look like you're gonna you're gonna drive around this trail in your car after you've done this drive-in movie. I think that sounds like a lot of fun to do. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I hope it's successful and that there's enough of an appetite. Haha. <laughs> for mm-hmm. it. Um, but um, you know, let's let's see how it goes. I bet there will be more reviews of it coming up. We'll see. I also dredged up a, a piece from um a website called Softrep that writes about military history sort of stuff. And the headline, you know, has zombie in it. So of course I click on it. That's, that's, that's what I'm wired for, but then it's this really gross story that actually kind of ties into um, the, some of this world beyond stuff. Cause it's chlorine gas related. Hmm. Um, and it's this gross, you know, quote unquote, true story uh, from world war two of a, a Nazi attack on a Soviet fortress. They um, bombarded it with chlorine gas, uh, which, you know, uh, we they haven't gone into too much detail on the on World Beyond, but it melts you from the inside out, kind of like Ebola. Yep. Uh, and then um, they like launched a you know an infantry assault on the on the position um, after killing an estimated sixteen hundred people, just like in the first <laughs> salvo. Uh, but then when these Germans were approaching the fortress, apparently they were um, met by. Soviet soldiers with like blood-stained rags wrapped around their heads, coughing up their innards, uh, but who yeah. still had a little bit of fight left in them. And so that's kind of the the zombie piece of this story is that the, the Germans turn around and ran screaming because a bunch of very close to death dudes were were still putting up a fight. And it's a pretty uh, pretty horrific story uh, from Softrep. We'll have that link in the show notes if you want to check it out. Uh, I also read this and I actually wasn't going to put it in our show notes because it was too real. Well, I mean, yeah, a little bit. And, you know, chemical warfare is pretty horrible. And I had read about this particular thing before and it's no less horrific. The second read through it's (laughs) pretty, pretty awful. Um, But, you know, Um, and then on the lighter side, uh, there was like a listicle just about, um, you know, 10 different zombie films. Um, most, most is like familiar fodder that probably most people have seen. Um, but you know, there was a couple that, that I was like, Oh, I haven't seen that yet. And that'd be, that'd be pretty good, uh, to try to check it out. So we may, we may delve into, to one of the, the movies on the list to, to sort of cleanse our palate from shows, uh, next time. So yeah, there was a few on here, definitely recognizable ones like uh, zombie land, one cut of the, or final cut of the dead was it? One, one cut, cut of the one dead, cut and of the then dead. Dawn of the dead, and Anna and the Apocalypse. So yeah. a few familiar things in there. Dead Alive for, with Peter Jackson and Night of the Comet, which I don't remember being a laugh riot, but I mean it was definitely a little lighthearted. It was lighthearted compared to other stuff. So and obviously you know um, uh, Army of Darkness and all Why that. Do you, what's the deal with, with this getting published on Tor dot com? What do you think that's about? I don't know, but. Yeah, it's it's all good. Um, but you know, we'll we'll check out what creep show I think was the one we had said. We might take a gander at. Oh yeah, Night of the Creeps, I believe. Night of the Creeps, sorry. Yeah. Creep show is something entirely different, another horror film. That's a um, different sort of anthology situation. Yeah. Um, and then there was a really stupid listicle, which I don't know, HA, I'm a little bit uh, I have some I'm doubts about your judgment this morning. No, no, no. I put this up here mainly mainly because I was like, man, they must screen rant must be really stretching for some some news or something. But also 
I felt like if you're going to do it, you should probably do it a little bit better than this, that this was done. Um, so it's, it's basically a list of Disney princesses and ranked in, you know, an order of weakness, I guess, of how they would survive the, the zombie apocalypse. And, and the reasoning is mainly behind like how well they take direction and teamwork and stuff like that. And, just got to say, uh, have to be screen rant. Not sure what's going on with y'all, but this is pretty disappointing. <laughs> and, and just just for the sake of li- this list, um, the, they're, they they chose Sleeping Beauty to die first. That kind of makes a whole lot of sense. You don't have to think about I mean, it if too she's long. Sleeping, sure. I mean, <laughs> that makes sense. That's fine. And then they say uh, Ariel, the mermaid, is going to live the longest because they're like, yeah, zombies um, sink and they can't swim and she can swim. And I'm like, yeah, but. I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I'm pretty sure they lived on the bottom of the ocean. They did. Like- also, you know, if it is a if it's a zombie world where you can make zombie sharks and such, mm, this is a pretty difficult environment to live in. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So zombie mermaids. Zombie mermaids um, and mermen. Um, so anyway, just I thought that that was just kind of silly and ridiculous and was just very uh puzzled about its existence and that somebody took time to even put that together seemed a little odd to me Uh, you know sometimes it's just a slow week i guess so um but without further ado let's jump into the the last two episodes of walking dead world beyond and just a reminder that this is the end you know the season it's only supposed to be two seasons right and that, yeah, and you know Matthew Negrete's final sign-off in his little explication on AMC Plus definitely made that clear. They're done. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel a little sad for him. Like he got his, he finally got to be the showrunner, and, uh, and then it was a two two season one and you know two and done. But um, I've been listening to a lot of Ty and that guy recently, which is the Ty Frank and Wesley West Chatham podcast about um the expanse or not really just about the expanse they kind of just wax about all kinds of stuff but ty who was the author one of the authors behind the expanse novels and you know what i'm talking about right Mitchie? yeah yeah he he's uh he's also the you know one of the producers or maybe an executive producer for the tv show the expanse and oh. so he's talking a lot about like how you make shows and what works and what doesn't work and he was saying like look if you want to get your hands on some good actors Sometimes it's helpful to say, look, you're going to be a series regular or a recurring cast member, and it's going to be just two seasons and you're done or just a couple of episodes and then you're out because it makes it easier for them to schedule other work. Yeah. And and if they're in demand, they're like, that's kind of a, a good thing to come to the table with as a producer when you're putting a show together. And so maybe... On some in some universe, putting this cast together. I don't know though, because a lot of these folks, other than Annette Mahendru and Julia Ormond, and I guess Pollyanna McIntosh, but she's kind of devoted to this universe. Right. Uh, not a whole lot of names that I no. knew before this series, but I'm trying to think of reasons why this might have been a good thing. I think for anybody to get series regular, I think that's really good for your resume as an actor. And yeah. a lot of these people got got to say that, right? Like uh, yeah. the, the the sisters Felix, Silas, and Elton, um, and and uh, various and sundry other folks. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, I have no like. Here's the thing: I have no problem with. I, I, you and I have talked about this before, and I do think that there is some merit 
in the way that sometimes like UK series do this where they're like, okay, we're only going to have two or three seasons and that's it. And, you know, BBC office did that. Um, yeah. And those seasons are like five episodes. It's right, like random. Right. I mean, yeah. I, you know, and the thing is that it forces the creators to do, first of all, everything has to be planned out incredibly well. Um, you don't run into a uh, lost situation where you're trying to retrofit different things in. And, and I mean, story that bloat. Was- yeah. Like thinking of in the flesh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the flesh is very and and honestly, I wish they had had just one more season possibly of that, but it was fine where it ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I do think that there is some merit to that. Um, I will comment that just for this particular series, this didn't feel like that's what happened, uh, at least to me. Um, I think that there is just a lot that they left. It still felt like there was bloat or it felt like there was like a pacing issue. Um, in a lot of this. And then there is one specific thing that did make me chuckle in in this in this finale or not in the fa- I guess it was in the final episode. But um, that kind of shows that it wasn't thought out. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'm I'm OK with this ending. And I guess they did the best they could to kind of wrap it up. Um, but, you know, we had kind of high hopes that I think one of the things that I wanted to see um, we wanted to see a little bit of the world outside of what we had seen. And we got a little bit of that. Um, I would say that one of the best things is the post credit scene mm-hmm. in this, in this uh, whole thing. And that was probably the thing I was the most excited about throughout this entire series. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, that blew the doors off in a way. And I know that there's been a lot of talk on the internet about that too, because it does kind of, it introduces potentially, a new zombie for Christ's sake. Right. Like, um, but let's talk about that at the very end, but yeah. So, and also they got Dr. Jenner back. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, and I was, I was kind of hoping that I, cause I'd heard that he had a cameo, the guy who plays Dr. Jenner, I forget his name, but, um, I was hoping that he would have a scene with uh, Huck because then they would have Americans, right. The Americans reunion, but no, so I doubt they were ever on set together. Um, so like the show is over. Do you have a bad taste in your mouth from it? Or did you did you part amicably? I mean, I didn't have like a bad taste in my mouth per se. I I think an annoyed taste in my mouth is kind <laughs> of an annoyed taste. I don't even know what that would be. Um, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm like not bees. like what? Like a bunch of bees. Kind of. Um, I just <laughs> like I really wanted there to be some kind of I think that one of the things that just graded me and understanding that I'm not necessarily the target audience for the show, although I could have been and I could have enjoyed it a lot more if they had changed a few things. But there is this. It's mainly with Iris as a character, but all the characters do this to a certain extent. She just does it the most. It's this these weird, broad statements where it's like, un, like really kind of like unrealistic things that are going on. Like, you know, we're going to take down this whole military thing because we are. And that kind of statement drives yeah. me nuts. Well, yeah. And they did so much of that in this and not just that, but there were situations in these last two episodes where there is absolutely no way 
that this group of people would have gone would have been able to do what they did. Um, there's definitely no way that they would have been able, like even how they were leveraging um, getting out of this whole situation didn't make sense. I certainly don't believe that um, that uh, Jadis would have let them go in the way that she did. Um, and considering their superior force and skill, uh, like, I just don't, I just don't buy it. So, um, Anyway, so that's that's sort of my I probably should have left that till the end. But that is <laughs> that was sort of my feeling about it. Um, and part of me after seeing the post credit scene was like, gosh, why didn't they just do this show? That the, Which, Yeah, that show would have been better, except lose the, the guy who can't actually speak French. I don't know what they were thinking with that guy. But yeah, again, we should leave that to the end. Yeah, Let's yeah. talk about um, episode Death and the Dead. These were both directed by both of these episodes at the end of the season were directed by Lauren Iaconelli. And this one was written by Aaron Martin and Sam Reynolds. And it kind of, it picks up right where the last one just stopped, like where they'd locked themselves in that chamber, uh, then, then escaped through the floor somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it starts with these, what I wrote in my notes as zomb IEDs. <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> so, uh, the you know, sure, that's smart. I'm glad that they're showing that these scientists are actually smart. Um, and I was proven wrong in many of my predictions for this in these two episodes. Some of the people died who I thought were going to die, um, but not by the people who I thought they were going to die from. Um, yeah, I so really, kind of I really, really thought throughout this that Will was going to die. So, yeah, that yeah. was that was my um, I also thought he was going to turn out to be like a double agent and that was going to somehow play into it. And I was wrong on that count. So they left they left a lot of pieces on the board by the end of the series that uh, I don't know if they're going to make any use of them in the future, but I guess they're out there. Uh, so we, we do have that zombie ID um, scene or series of scenes where you get you kind of start to see jadis getting rattled too which is yep. nice because too often she's way too composed and yep. i did like seeing her at least kind of losing it a little bit um and you've also got a nice scene of El- uh, El- ellis elton and silas pulling a bullet yep. out of dennis um yeah you know i i'm not a surgeon or i don't really know anything about medicine but i don't know that where he was shot was a fatal wound. Yeah, I mean, you can't leave a bullet in there. So I sure. guess that's fine. They um, took that bullet out, but then, and then they got him antibiotics. I don't know, maybe they, they didn't show him suturing it or anything. Right. But he seemed to have everything he should have needed, considering right. he got shot in like the obliques or whatever that muscle is. It didn't look right. like it was a, I don't know, like I said, I don't know, maybe there is an organ right there, but um they even talk about like, he's like, you miss my kidney by an inch or something like, or no, if you yeah. nip my intestines, that'll be it for me. But then, yeah, like, uh, you know, spoiler alert, he doesn't make it to the end of the show from right. this one wound. Nothing else really happens to him. Um, maybe it's actually just um, sadness is what he dies from. Also the bullet it in the face. Could be true. But then this leads me to my, you know, so we go through this whole thing with him and Dennis and Silas and, you know, they are they're leading the herd to the research facility. They do a little bit of a side trip to try to get him in antibiotics. And I do like the two of them working together again. I think that was very good. 
Um, I also like the fact that they run into the former Silas's former coworker and they have to figure out a way out. Even the, the way out is pretty like ridiculous, but also kind of funny. It's honestly, this is like the kind of stuff this show should have been all about. Right. And I enjoyed that much more than a lot of the other pieces of these episodes. Um, the Silas and Elton scenes, I thought, were some of the strongest. I mean, you know, H.A., it's an Elton scene. We have been nothing but consistent True. Um, <laughs> on our love of Elton and every scene that he's in. Right. And he's I mean, look, he's a great actor, but also they, they've got these two have a great chemistry together. So I think well, that they let Silas breathe finally, like he was right. finally allowed to emote in these two episodes. Right. And so he starts to, like, respond to people and give advice and say encouraging things to Dennis and later to Iris. And you're just like, oh, you're an actual person. Like so much of the time they just had him being like a monolith who could hold up giant piles of tires or, or, but then the rest of the time, like staring at his hands and having flashbacks, they only let him really breathe as a character. These last two episodes, I felt like that was a giant waste. Um, Although I do like, you know, I like the interactions between him and Dennis and you believe that he cares about Dennis because Dennis is probably the only person that has shown him any amount of like, caring or like you know isn't using him basically know, his uncle him. was his uncle was not a bad guy not that no we, but but we don't see as much of that we see yeah. a little bit of them together but not at least in the show we have actually seen him and dennis build yes. a relationship so well the show had no interest in building up his uncle as right. a as a character even though in theory he was a nice dude who took him in when he was accused of murder and um, gave him a job and a place to live. And then they were like, oh, we're going to kill him anyway. So let's not. So I just, I don't know. Like in terms of lore for Silas, I never felt like he was that well-developed because there were some holes. But yeah, right. I agree. Dennis was the best camp counselor Silas had ever had. Um, and so the guy playing Dennis was extremely empathetic or sym- sympathetic as a character. Right. Um, And then we have our other group that are somehow, um, you know, getting one over on Jadis again. It's a really complicated plan. You know, like the scientists all leave in the trucks kind of like that felt like a trap. I was like, okay, they're probably going to die now, but they didn't. It was unexpected. Like you said, weird that Jadis would have let them all leave. And then Felix and Hope go off on one mission. Iris and Percy stay in the, the Belshaw's lab with Mason and start talking about the future and so at this point it's pretty easy to call that percy's not going to make it right yeah i mean that seems pretty clear um and fine i don't think that you know i i don't think it's a huge shock and i think that there is like it's sort of the plan all along to get the kids the the original the og group of kids um together and that's you know kind of the deal and with percy out of the way you've got the romantic interest of iris out of the way you've got you know that going on um but and and you know that sort of frees up silas to some extent to actually like work with them together that you know it's kind of short-lived obviously um but I mean, you know. l- looking forward into these two episodes, I yeah. So yeah, when Percy inevitably dies, um, Iris is affected for I don't know, like ten minutes uh, yeah. of story time, and then she seems to kind of like just get over it, basically. Um, and then she's then she's all about the mission again, right? And um, yeah, and then Silas is cheering her up, and I, 
I do just continue to dislike her character. Yeah. It's it, 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 like you said, it's those va- those grand statements about like things that are unbelievably unrealistic for a kid. By the way, it's not it's not the actor's fault. She's actually really good. It's the writing, I think, that's the issue. And, you know, even like and let's talk about Percy dying. I mean, there was no reason the whole way it went down was stupid. And, you know, having Mason as as hostage and you've got a bunch of sharpshooters like that could take any of and all of these people out in about five seconds flat. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't have enough of a hold on Mason for that. Like, it's just ridiculous. Um, and so that just felt totally. And, and also even that scene kind of felt like it was like in slow motion. It's like, okay, Mason slowly break away. and ru- You know, well, there like, was slow motion in that scene. Cause when they finally, when she looks around from shooting that one guy and then pan, like the, I think there was a cut, but her look around was in slow-mo. To look at Percy's uh, prone body. Um, also, yeah, but- were you not screaming at your screen uh, about the fact that that scene was on walkie-talkie, although they could yes. hear each other speaking? Yes, I was. My favorite. My favorite terrible. What was what was even the point of that? Was it like bad set? Like, did they not scout the right set for that scene to take place? Because Jadis is like, turn to channel 313, go on secure. Oh. And then they just oh. talk to each other audibly. It was weird um, and silly. Um, so there's that. And so so there's the big, you know, for me, it was like, I just didn't believe that this group was going to get away. Um, so there was that. Um, and not just that, but OK, let's talk about the big plan. The big plan is that Leo and the scientists are taking all this research. They're going to go into hiding. The CRM has had you know, knowledge, reconnaissance of this whole area for so long. Mm-hmm. And their big idea is to go to Cornell, basically. And well, an, a mall near Cornell, I guess. Mall near, but regardless, it's not like the CRM doesn't have resources and many more resources to track down this sort of like ragtag group of scientists who are taking, you know, like, like they, it just seems ridiculous to me i mean they managed to track down this group of this group of kids that's been traveling across country and granted they have huck as a little bit of a mole there but even so like they know this area really well and they've had all sorts of things in place in order to safeguard their research facility so i just that to me just seemed completely ridiculous that that's what they were going to do um so that didn't i wasn't psyched about that wrap up piece of it. And then, you know, we've also got the Huck storyline, which is she figures out where they have moved all the chlorine gas and she does have a timer. And like, what did you think about this exit for Huck? She definitely plays that hand badly because she gives Jadis enough time to get away. Like if she hadn't said anything, she could have um, Jadis and her men would have been looking around for other people and would have been caught in the explosion. So I don't I mean, they wanted Jadis to get away. So why not have Pierce come and and kill Huck? Like I kind of thought it was going to be a face off between those two. But there was obviously a lot going on with Jadis there, too. But you could have had Jadis, uh, Pierce just die in the explosion um, and Jadis not have to. I don't know, like it, it felt it felt really sloppy because Huck went to all the trouble to set up a timer and then let her know when it was going to go off essentially 
Right. Dumb. She could have just said nothing. She never would have known. Yep. Um, but you know, in terms of like, I don't know, like the big reveals in these episodes, finally we understand why they've been doing this big call, but it doesn't, it still doesn't make total sense to me because, you know, their their reasoning behind it doesn't seem completely sound. So resources, um, it's it comes down to resources. Yeah. Uh, which apparently Portland and Omaha are not self-sustaining and can't become self-sustaining. Um, and they, maybe and that maybe we believe that, but 200,000 mouths to feed. Um, how would that not be a bag, a bigger issue that everybody understands other than just the military? Like, I, it also, you know, like, I don't know. It, it, it is a, it's a, it's a reasonable sort of uh, problem. I think that the unreasonable part of it and the part that I was just having a hard time um, figure like, okay, okay, like I get it, resources, and this is your decision to do these things so that in their minds, so that the, the other groups can survive and that they pulled the quote unquote talent. And at the campus colony, apparently the only people we're taking out of there was Leo and uh, um, Hope, really. Hope. The others were all collateral. And yet you still had people doing research and all this other stuff. Like, I just can't believe out of a population of, of the size that they're talking about eliminating that you would would not have other people that are capable of problem solving and sustainability. And we're also and talking about 10 years post apocalypse. Yeah. And how have know. these communities not had this problem before in year two, as opposed right. to year 12 or whenever they think it's going to happen. Like Omaha must have had crops to make it at all. Right. 97,000 people or whatever it was like that. Yeah, it's, it, it is. Um, it's well, I guess a, the bigger, I guess the bigger question is like, how did they have, and we said the same thing when we were talking about um, oh, what's the other, the, why are we uh, um the thing in, in Virginia, um, what is it? I can't remember. This is killing me in the walking dead. What do you, what's the, the context? Outfit, like with the community there that we just watched with, uh, what's his face with Alexandria, Hilltop, yeah. the like, saviors. No, the new, the new thing that they all got taken the in. Reapers. By that, no, the next, <laughs> the, the Commonwealth. Yes. The Commonwealth. Yeah, I they've never that. shown the, the, their fields. Right. Yeah. And they have to they have to do that more on this show because otherwise, well, if they don't, maybe then they can just say things like, "Oh, we were going to run out of resources." Not now, not tomorrow. Well, but well, one so day. my point was is that when we saw certain certain things in the Commonwealth, things did not, at least for me, they didn't jibe because you've got people that have been living through what they've been living through in the past decade, and. I just don't buy that they would live in this sort of wasteful way that they seem to be living. Oh yeah. And the sweater vests and the bakeries. Yeah. Right. And also, you know, all of the things that it would take to sustain, sustain said things, they're not showing us enough of how it might work. Um, I know in this show, they did a little bit of that. Like we got some sort of like wide shots of sort of a outpost um, when we were, you know, looking at like the CR um, 
and they would comment on things, but we didn't get to see enough of the details that I think that would be better to see, or at least helpful to see. Um, because also it's like, if it's a resources issue and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people, um, I just don't buy that. It would be not clear to people that this is what would be happening. Um, or figuring out ways to to support such a community or figure honestly figuring out birth control and all those things if that's if it's like a population numbers issue yeah. um it just feels a little too convenient about that point and with the cr how could they not have been able to just like put i don't know 10 or 20,000 people into intensive farming in nebraska like right. that's a that's thing you can do that's what's sort of like weird about it. So anyway, so I think they sort of tried to answer that and didn't, to me, didn't successfully answer that. It issue. was a huge ask. Like what they did needed something bigger, even than what they proposed as the solution. And, you know, like our heroes, quote unquote, didn't accept that, that explanation anyway. Well, um, they didn't. And, you know, the other part of it, the other part of it that the, is problematic is that clearly the people who, were asked to execute said order. That's part of why they ended up as lab subjects. Like, so that one guy that we saw that Lila was experimenting on was somebody that basically was like, disagreed with that. And if you, you know, if one person knows the secret, maybe you're all right, but they have multiple people who have known the secret and a lot of people who objected to it, apparently. So that was kind of a weird not weird, but um, um, implausible to me that they would be able to keep this secret for so long, you know? And and Huck makes that point to Jadis, um, you know, when they're in her office and, and they're like, oh, man, why is this all happening? Why have the scientists left? Um, I thought, you, you know, you said that Hope and, and Iris were going to join our team or not, maybe not Iris, but Hope. And she was like, yeah, she was on board. But then she found out that you killed everybody that she ever knew. And uh, it's not my fault that CR couldn't keep a lid on that. And I'm like, yeah, that's a really strong point. Huck. Right. Um, Jadis also makes a really strong point in one of these scenes where she's talking to Iris on the radio, uh, where she basically just tells Iris that she's got and she's an angsty teenager and that she's pathetic. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, that's how I feel, too, Jadis. Thank you for speaking my truth. <laughs> I was, was kind of happy to hear her talk down to Iris that way because it was just like, yeah, she oh, she is basically just coming after you because she's mad. But also you did commit murder on a massive scale. Right. Um, you know, one one. Yeah. And so there were and then the other piece of this is that, like, even though they are taking care of this, um chlorine um gas situation and sure it's in this particular case they're going to get rid of what is immediately available but they've already said that it's pretty easy to make so even though they're taking care of this right now mm. there is nothing that is going to start stop them to, for making more other than like and then they're going to go and warm portland which ultimately is kind of where they end up at the end is that they're going to fight the good fight and you know, fight against the CRM and um, which is fine, but it just, you know, this all just is, it's hard to swallow the yeah. whole. Thing. Like you um, said, Iris makes these statements at the end, end of the show when she's leaving the mall and she's telling her dad and these other people, she's like, yeah, uh, I'm not saying goodbye forever. I'm just going to go to Portland and they're in New York. And they're talking about Portland, Maine. 
that's a long way, way, long, long way to go. And they're just going to hand and I guess wave I it. I assumed that they were talking about Portland, Oregon. Um, I did too. And I think that's what they were talking about because okay. that skyline looks pretty big at the end. I don't know how big Portland, Maine is. And I don't think it's a huge, big city. Um, um, but in terms of like, things she, like the hand wave, no, sorry. The, the statements she's making at, uh, when she's about to leave, she's like, it's not gone. I'm not going to go forever. I'm going to come back with allies from Portland. She's like, I don't know, 17 year old kid. Yeah. And I don't know. That's just like the confidence of youth, man. Like, yeah, we can do anything, putting our minds to it. We can go to war with the CR, but it's just such an absurd thing to say. You don't right. know. You've never been there. You don't know these people. They might just shoot look, you as soon as you get there. And also look, I mean, the CR knows you're out there. Um, mm-hmm. And we saw how well you got through <laughs> before. So I just don't have any huge, uh, faith in in her skills of, neg- of like navigating the country in this particular like if Felix says that she's a fighter don't oh, you yeah, believe Felix so by his... saying it that's clearly true but um you know I, I will say that that in in terms of a funny slash good scene I did enjoy the fight scene between um um Felix and you know his nemesis uh, Frank Newton. Yep. Newton plays dirty. He does play dirty, but then so does Felix. And I kind of enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, I did. New- Newton was doing all the psyops and Felix was just like, nah, uh, dude, I'm, I'm going to do one. I'm going to do you one better. <laughs> I yeah. Did like that. And that I, was I thought that, that was a great scene. Um, so uh, the I did Darth enjoy- Maul thing was a little hokey. I thought, which was a little hokey. Sorry. The Darth Maul double sided oh, yeah, walking silly. stick. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's kind of like, um, you know, that was a that was a highlight to me. Um, and he just kind of leaves him to get taken down by the walkers. He just lets them all out, which I thought was awesome. Um, well, he but, ends up killing yeah. him. He doesn't he doesn't just leave him to. to no, get no, him. no. He's he's disemboweled him. So there's that there, there's that wonderful uh, intestines scene that we were waiting for. Uh, those are always fun. Always good. Um, but the thing that I was referring to before is like, you know, the beginning, they, they sort of tried to retrofit this scene with Elton and Iris and, mm. and Silas as like to be before they went out on their big journey. But clearly they did not film this until now because Elton is like huge in this scene. Did you watch the Matthew Negrete thing at the end? I did not. He calls it out. He's like, look, I realized that Elton's two feet taller than he was before. And I hope that you can forgive us for trying to put them back into this retrospective flashback. I was like, but this is my point about yeah. the fact that they didn't really think about how this they, was all. Gonna they kind did of not think what shots they were going to use for for two seasons. Like, I mean, I, that's a huge job, but, but it's kind of the showrunner's job, isn't it? It's a showrunner's job. And, and to me, that's like, if you like, you shouldn't like if you only have two seasons and only have two seasons to map things out, then, yeah, I do think they should have thought of that. You can storyboard 20 episodes. I think they got to the end of this and they were like, Ugh, how do we make this have more weight? And OK, we're going to film this in plausible. I mean, at least they could have put the other three up on boxes or something to make it look shorter. I honestly think they did do that. Well, anyway um there is that that whole thing and and the whole idea that these four are somehow the linchpins it just doesn't hit 
in my opinion. What they're trying to do is to show you this link, this powerful link between this original oh, yeah. band and, and that they are capable of, of pulling all of this off and that by their like weird optimism and whatever that they're going to be able to be successful. But I just don't really buy it. Well, it it feels revisionist. Like, yeah. like Iris saying, we're just going to promise to always have each other's backs. But let's not forget that Silas was ostracized and kicked out of the group. Right. For for suspicion of murdering Pete and Percy. Uh, and that was a big thing that happened last season. I and mean, they do refer to it here and there. But I feel like Iris has never had to pay full freight for that. Uh, because I don't remember if she was really the one trying to kick him out. It was mostly Huck. But I think Iris was on was on board with that idea. Oh, yeah, she was on board. And. You know, it. she was very much like, oh, I don't even know who you are and all that BS. And yeah. he was really hurt by it. And, but you know, it, Silas is such a stand up guy that he just uh, is willing to, you know. So, yeah, I think it's revisionist and it's it's kind of BS. Uh, it's this like, oh, they're they're linked. They're Taviran to steal a term from Wheel of Time. Uh, and that was that was a bunch of bull. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that don't really add up, do you really think that Jadis could beat Huck in a in no. a hand-to-hand combat nope not at all do you think that huck being someone who doesn't necessarily want i mean i guess she does want to die because she'd set a timer to blow herself up why would she give jadis a weapon exactly i didn't buy this whole thing and huck, so- is a, huck was a marine and then a cr soldier like right. she, she she wasn't um I don't remember what Jadis was, but she was, was she an art teacher before the, I don't remember. I don't know if we've been told what she did before, but then she was an artist colony junk person. Yeah. And then she has since become a soldier, like in her forties or however old she was supposed to be at the end of Rick's storyline. Right. There's no chance. I'm sorry. I, you know, there's no chance. I don't care how, what a natural she might be that she would be able to beat a Marine in hand to hand combat. Who's probably a good 10 years younger than her. Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't buy it, given all Huck's training and what we've seen her capable of. I also just again, this was like this whole thing. She could have sent the set the timer and she could certainly have gone um, with Silas and Dennis. And it like this whole logic doesn't make any sense to me. Um, That's an excellent point that I hadn't even gotten there like yeah how she could have set the watch i don't know how you set a watch to set off a bomb but maybe if it's like you have 60 minutes i would think is probably the, the extent of it like right. but she noon- already said it so it was like what are you doing and <sighs> they wouldn't have discovered it it's this tiny thing on you know clearly jadis didn't know it was there yeah and they and had how many the- of those um you know containers were there right uh, so many stupid so there is that. And then the final scene with Dennis and Silas, again, like suddenly Dennis goes downhill really fast and, you know, they view, they see the whole explosion and obviously he's bereft. He's like, oh, she knew I was dying. And and I had the same thought you did, Stuart. I was like, how? How did she, what is he dying from? I thought he was okay now. Um, I mean, he spent a little time on the couch. Then he got up. He seemed to be doing much better. And then as soon as they around. got, as soon um, as they got to that house, he started to bleed more. I guess. And and you know maybe that's possible. Maybe like some uh, something cut something inside. Or I don't know. But that just felt a little convenient. It did, and uh, you know, and then even his plot to sort of save Silas 
is, you know, <laughs> at least he acknowledges flat out that there's a very small chance and it probably won't work, but it's and it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't, which is also pretty, like I'm uh, props to the show for that is Jada seeing right through Silas's uh, yeah. story and saying, I don't care. You're going to be my little special pet project. Honestly, that's terrifying. Yeah. Like Silas being Silas. I don't know how uh, malleable he is. He's proven to be, I think, a little more resilient. But if you know, if you're under the thumb of a um, someone who likes indoctrinating people like Jadis clearly does. Right. That's that's honestly kind of scary. And that's another I, I would say good thing. This show finally serves up. Yeah. And I I was definitely like. To see him at the end, I thought that was solid. Um, I like that she did not buy his story. Um, it was pretty good because it was immediate. And so yeah. I was like, all right, I'm all right with that. Um, but, you know, and seeing him at the end sort of in that in the gear was pretty good. Um, so I was all right with that end of things. Um, and then, of course, you have the idea that he might be he's still his own man or whatever. And cause he kind of implies that, you know, you can't lose yourself and that kind of thing. And, and Dennis says that too, to him. So it's like the last thing he said to him, right. Right before yeah. he shot him. Uh, yeah. Hardcore. Be himself. Um, but what would have happened. Oh, also Asha is totally to blame for Elton only having one arm. Yep. Uh, because she, she took, took his damn tuppy stitch. Tuppy stitch. Uh, so that's that's tragic. Um, it was also pretty pathetic that a zombie got that close to them without them noticing. Right. Uh, and they should all be dead because Indira basically opened up with an M249 directly at their faces. Yep. And that just would not. It just wouldn't work. I was annoyed by that entire scene. Um, so anyway, and, you know, they could have at least given Elton some kind of cool thing prosthetic um, well he yeah. apparently woke up from his amputation and like immediately got on the road yeah because he like they're like oh uh, like that was that was also a complete crappy twist where asha runs up as uh as iris is about to leave for portland she goes it's elton sad face yeah he's awake happy face and you're just like screw you asha i would have slapped her if i was there yep can't do that it's like that doctor in uh, arrested development I, I forget he always he would give those one-liners he's gone or something yeah he checked himself out it wasn't like he's dead Either yeah that uh, was, was a total that was a total uh dick move really? by asha uh, uh. then apparently he just woke up and then was like yep oh, okay yeah amputation was a success i'm gonna just walk to portland uh and he yeah i, I agree it would have been nice to give him something but i don't think they had time because they were walking to portland the whole time yeah um but that's about it and you know and it was that still julia ormond yep and then julia ormond obviously gets betrayed by by jadis which i don't think is too shocking i think what's shocking is her reaction and being shocked by it (laughs) um which is fine um yeah jadis is not subtle about her ambition as she even calls herself out on it she's like i don't have kids i just have my ambition and this place um so for Julia Ormond, who, you know, her character Kublek seemed to be pretty savvy. Yeah, I don't think she would have been surprised. I also don't think she 
you know, that didn't fit in as well as other things. I don't know. It just felt very, very forced um, and implausible given what we had seen of her up until this point. Um, and I guess that's the, the piece with everybody like Huck, Jadis, all these characters that they've tried to sort of, you know, specifically with Huck and Huck's death. We've seen, you know, they, they spent all this time building Huck into this character. We saw all of her backstory and we saw enough of it that it's very hard to believe that she could be taken out by somebody like Jadis. Yeah. Same thing with Kublak. They've like very much built her up into this, like very politically savvy to the detriment of her own personal life character. Um, so much so that I just have a very hard time believing that she wouldn't have somehow protected herself against uh, Jadis's machinations. And in, in fact, she's been away from uh, the research facility. And I kind of assumed she was stirring up or doing her own thing wherever she was. But apparently she's just sitting by a lake waiting to be arrested. <laughs> Jadis has a call with the general Beale, not on camera, but like she she's talking to him and she just says to him after everything has gone terribly. I just wish I'd been sent here sooner so that I could have stopped this when frankly, everything bad happened on her watch. And, and she kind of accuses Julia or, uh, or Kublik later of being like, you brought me in to take the fall for your incompetence. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like the power outage I think happened right when, when you were there, like all, all of it. your security protocols that you were overseeing at the time failed. Yeah, it was all her. And so I don't, that just didn't feel right to me. Um, but when, in any case. When uh, they eventually show her character biting the bullet, maybe in a Rick Grimes movie or whatever, however they're going to do it, it'll be pretty sweet. Uh, she is a pretty good villain at this point. I will give him that too. But it's. She is. And she also gave away um, a little bit of what happened to Rick. Uh, the fact that she told him that them he was a B instead of an A. And if he was an A, he would have ended up in the lab. Mm hmm be experimented upon i don't know what that means um but you know it gave us some hint of rick which was you know interesting at least and more information that we had i mean she implied it before but we now know at least what sort of would have happened with the yeah. him if she had you know and she deliberately she's like oh i owed him that much and internet theories had kind of jumped to that conclusion way before she made that uh, acknowledgement. So I, it was kind of out there over in this case. So let's quickly talk about the Dr. Jenner French scenes. Um, there, there isn't a whole lot that's revealed here. Uh, he talks a little, he's, he's kind of just doing a monologue into the camera talking about some discoveries that the French had made. Um, what's, what's Dr. Jenner's name? You know, I don't know. What do you, do you know? I'm going to look it up. You mean the actor? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I thought you meant like Noah Emmerich. Okay. Noah Emmerich. Emmerich. Um, it's great to see him, right? Like, and he's clearly like more optimistic than he is when we meet him uh, in at the end of season one of The Walking Dead Prime. Like, yep. he's kind of he's super defeated. Then there's nobody else on camera, so you don't know if his wife is still alive, right? But he seems to be animated in the way he's talking into the camera and excited about um, research and outcomes. So, uh, you know, this could be a week or two before Rick's group shows up at the, at the door to the CDC building or who knows. Um, 
and and like a lot of that's about probably about half of the scene is him talking into the camera and this lady sitting at her laptop watching him before she is interrupted by a smoking non-native French speaker. Yeah, you heard his accent too, right? It was, this was bad. It was bad. And and I mean, was this France or was this Canada? I think it's supposed to be France only because of how they were asking about um the where the conference was and Toledo. she laughs and says yeah. Ohio. Yeah. Um and and um Jenner had said to Rick's group that he'd been in touch with France or France right. had still been up and running recently or something. Right. So I feel like it is definitely France. Um I don't this guy clearly was not like a native French speaker, but I didn't know, you know, how he ended up there or what, but no, clearly he, his French was terrible. Not um, ter- it's just his, his French was, I don't know if his French was terrible, honestly. Not I terrible, but it's clearly that he's not a native speaker of French, or at least that seemed, at least that's what I was under that impression. Um, so it's, we have, yeah. interestingly, I don't know if you watch this because I had to, so I watched this with the subtitles. Mm-hmm. And then I had to watch it with it off because the subtitles were picking up all the things <laughs> that Dr. Jenner was saying. Yeah, I, I noticed that, too, um, which actually gives a little bit of information and, you know, kind of talks about these different variants, the things that he's yeah. doing um, in tandem with the French lab and that he's waiting to see their results because, you know, and that certain things are promising and all that. And then you have the exchange between this woman and the guy who has caught her and making references to different teams um primrose and violet yep um that were responsible for this whole thing and so you know you get the impression that this was supposed to be something that was like a treatment of some kind and got out of control and that they kept trying to fix it and it got worse and that's why all this happened those are the Um, two major accusations that he makes when uh, she's like i was hoping that there might be someone from primrose here uh, but I think they were all in Ohio, I think is what she's saying. Right. Uh, and he's like, look, you're, you know, it's your fault. This happened and you made it worse. Yeah. So those are the two major kind of like, whoa, revelations. And then right after that exchange, I feel like you hear Jenner say, and what's this about these variants? We're not seeing that at all. Yeah. Uh, and you're not sure when he's saying that if he doesn't, cause he's also just been talking in like medical jargon. He's talking about yeah. like steroidal. Da-da-da. Uh, but then I think we get a real better picture of the variant once the, the the smoking guy shoots the doctor and then kind of leaves quickly, right? Like he turns on his heel and pedals out of there. Yep. And then we see a very, very quick transformation and we see probably the fastest zombie. I think we've never seen a zombie this fast that quickly. Yeah. Um, and also... Um, a strategic thinking zombie because she goes right to the same place. Like she tries to get out the door where he came from. Yeah. So that those are like all very different than what we have seen in at least our, our world of walking dead. And she's also denting that door. And that is a metal door. It's it's not like, you know, uh, a xenomorph in aliens denting a pressure door, but it's like a little bit of metal denting there that makes you think oh this person this thing is hitting that door very hard um you know not like super strength but maybe a little <laughs> you know yeah. uh so 
I think the internet has been blowing up with these sorts of uh, discoveries since this show ended. Uh, we'll have to see if this becomes something that the anthology approaches later on, or if it's going to show up in uh, other episodes of the walking dead universe. Yeah. And I mean, we'll see where they go from here. I also feel like maybe they have left the door open for potentially Silas to make an appearance possibly like all of these, all these surviving cast members could, could Um, him. I'm thinking maybe more so only because of his connection with Jadis and that sort of almost warning she gave about, him owing her yeah um so you know so we'll have to see but um overall i just thought that this series could have been a lot better and i think that's what's disappointing me um but as i said this last scene almost made it worth it but made me more wish they had focused on something more like this because i think you know one of the things we've been really hoping to see and one of the things that they were hinting at before this particular series came out is that we would get to see what things were like in the rest of the world. Um, You know, like, and they had hinted about (laughs) that. I I don't know if you recall, but they had hinted about things being in France and or in Europe and we got like really excited about it. And then clearly that's not what happened except at the very end. So I guess they, semi kept their promise but it was slightly manipulative um but really what i was hoping is that it would be more stuff like we saw in that post credit scene yeah um and i don't feel like the the sort of plot line we got was what you know was what we were hoping for when they first started sort of advertising this show I mean, we always knew this was going to be ya so right? but that doesn't bother me as much as as long as it's like well done. And I just don't think it was so well executed, I should say. Yeah. Um, but and, anyway. you know, I'm a little sad that if we want to see Elton again, he's probably going to be with Iris. <laughs> I know, but maybe not. Maybe we, they can. I don't know. Maybe he can do his own thing. Who knows? But I know. Yeah. So this show ended up with a 47 percent uh, overall on Rotten Tomatoes. 46%, 37% average audience score. Yeah. Uh, so pretty dismal. And then th- that was from based on that, that average, um, that critical res- uh, rating is from basically from the first season only second season. It has no critical rating because people haven't been reviewing it and there's no more damning <laughs> thing for a show. I think than when the critics stop even writing about the show. Right. So that was pretty hardcore. Um, and I would, I think I would agree. I think 37 from the audience is kind of ooh, around where I am with it. Yeah. Um, there, there were like here and there, think fun things to look at, like Felix's final fight with Newton, some of Jadis's uh, comments, some of Huck's stuff. Silas and Silas finally being like activated as a character, but why would it, why did it have to take this long? Um, and Elton through the whole series, the sisters, I never really enjoyed that much. Um, but although the science that they were working on that, like aggressively deteriorating yeast stuff that they, sh- they kind of hinted at at the end of the show, that's cool too. But some of the characterization just really did not work out for me in this series. Yeah. Agree. So, I mean, we were both dead wrong that Leo was going to die. I don't know how he made it, but Leo and the scientists are still alive. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's puzzling that he made it. It really is. I thought for sure him and Will were done. Um, but, you know. Not nearly as many of the quote unquote goodies uh, died. I thought yep. they were really going to because it's a Walking Dead show. And it was yeah. just a Walking Dead show with a hard, you know, two season cap. I was like, no way. They're, yeah, they're going to have to kill off like 30 of these nameless scientists and and, and all these well, other I thought, people. Like, I honestly thought that Indira's whole colony would be done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought most of the scientists would be done and left for like, I kind of thought that that's how it was going to play out is that the majority of the adults were going to be taken out and it was going to be left with the four kids, you know, to then yeah. sort of figure things out. And that's not what happened. Not what happened. Uh, Elton even manages to steal Indira like two little trays of her special medicine. And she's like, this is what I need to live. And I'm like, for how long? Is that going to like, is that years what you have right there? I feel like she's still in, in hot water. But yeah. Uh, well, yeah. So yeah, we can stop talking about the world beyond now. And we never have to talk about it again. And I think that's probably going to be good for me. Yeah, same, same. So what are we going to talk about next time? So I think we need to take a little break from a series because we went straight from Midnight Mass into this, right? Right. I know we have a lot of Fear the Walking Dead still to catch up on. But what do you say that we take a hack at one of those? uh, Yeah, like we talked about it earlier, that um, Night of the Creeps from the list that we looked at earlier. Let's do it. We'll do a little palate cleanser. And then we'll figure out what's next. Uh, Lots of stuff coming up. I definitely, uh, you know, I think we will have to talk about Fear the Walking Dead at some point. Um, But I do want to review All of Us Are Dead, probably pretty close to its release. So, yeah. Um, And that's in three weeks. Yep. So, 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 yeah. So let's do that for next time. Um, And if you have any comments on the finale of the world beyond uh please uh send us a note uh reanimated podcast at gmail.com you can tweet at us reanimated pcast is the handle or um you can just leave a note on our our site which is a reanimated podcast.com and as always thanks for listening and until next time ciao Alrighty, thank you and bye <laughs> <laughs>